Hi, welcome to episode one, Sleep Well's podcast, hosted by me, Shannon Glenn. I'm really excited to get this started, and I hope that this turns into being something really fun for all of us. It's going to definitely be a learning process for me, for sure, so please be patient. I promise I'll do my best to get better. Uh, today, what I wanted to, to do is is share with you my origin story. My hope for this podcast is that I can share with you my passion, which is sleep, but I also want to share just parenting experiences, tips, advice, interviews, just life in general, being a mom, being a woman. Just my, my goal is to make this interesting, entertaining, hopefully sometimes funny, <laughs> and maybe some tips along the way about sleep. Um, I feel like really before I can get this started, though, I need to to share my journey as to why sleep became important for me. And I mean, I think probably everybody would agree that sleep is important for them, right? Um, some of us more than more than others. And I would say it probably, you know, really became important to me 13 years ago when I became a mom. But if I even look further back to like, when did sleep really become an impact? When did it really impact me? When did the breadcrumb trail start? Uh, it was probably back to sixth grade, little 12-year-old Shannon trying to figure out what did she like? What was she interested in? And we had a science project. And the science project was not only like come in with something interesting, it was also like how all, could you tie that to maybe a career you're interested into? And so I came home and, and, and shared with my mom about how I needed to come in and do like a presentation at, in front of my sixth grade class about something that I was interested in that was related to science that could also maybe be a career. And I was so nervous because the idea of standing up in front of my peers as a 12 year old girl, like there was nothing that scared me more than doing that. Um, and so immediately I was like, I don't want to do this mom. This is crazy. I, I, I'm not doing it. And my mom was like, well, you don't have a choice. And as any good mom, she said, you're going to do this. And so I really got thinking like, what, what, what am I interested in? And so we made this list of things I, you know, I was interested in. And at that time it was like, well, you know, I really like basketball. And then it was like, well, I really, you know, like sports and being outside. And, and, and then it was like, I really like to sleep. And my mom kind of laughed and was like, you can't get up there and talk about how you really like to sleep. Now, mind you, this was back in the late eighties, date myself a little bit. And so like early nineties, early, early nineties. Yeah. Let's give me that. <laughs> it was the early nineties. Um, anyway, sleep was not like something that was like discussed, talked about, definitely not something in regards to like your health. And so we were like, okay, well, what else could we talk about? And I was like, well, I'm really interested in the way people think, the way they dream, their thoughts, brain, that's science related. I could totally talk about how I'm going to do something with the brain. And so then we're like kind of going down this, this wormhole opening Pandora's box. And I'm like, brain surgeon, that's it. 
I could totally talk about how I want to be a brain surgeon. And then like to take this trail a little further, it was like, and I live in a family that loves to hunt. And it was fall and every fall throughout my entire childhood, there were always uh, dead elk or deer hanging in our garage, or I knew where I could get one very quickly. And so I thought, that's what I'll do. I will bring in a brain. I will bring in an elk or deer brain and I'll talk about different parts of it and how fascinating it is and how I want to be a brain surgeon. And so that's what I did. I went into my sixth grade class and I had this brain inside this like, like uh, 13 by 10 Pyrex container Ziploc bagged uh, blood everywhere. It was completely disgusted, smelled terrible. Uh, and I presented to them on, on the brain. And quite honestly, it was really fascinating to all my classmates. They wanted to touch it and had tons of questions about it. And I made it really interactive. So I didn't feel like I was standing up in front of people. Cause again, I was terrified of doing that. And so when they asked me like, okay, so what is it about the brain that interests you? I was like, well, you know, I really, it wasn't like the actual brain itself, you know, like surgeons might be interested in. I was more like, I'm really interested in the way people think. I'm really interested in the way they operate. I'm fascinated by dreams, uh, you know, and, and I, at that point I didn't say sleep because I thought people might think I'm weird, but I also had that tied into it. So I think that's probably really where things started for me with sleep. Um, and not to mention the fact that I just always love to do it. And so then fast forward a few more years. And uh, as a young adult, I decided to um, serve in the military. And so I joined the Air National Guard, um, spent six years there. And so I was at Air For the Air Force basic training. And one of the many ways they really try to break you down, see where you really, you know, see where your true grit really lies is in your sleep or lack thereof, should I say. And the reality is while you're in basic training, you don't sleep and they don't want you to. Like they truly are trying to see like how can you operate, think, behave, like really what, who are you at the core if you're not sleeping? And that really rocked me hard. Um, I realized really quickly when I'm not sleeping, I'm really not quite my best self. Like I'm like half of my best self. I actually like got sick while I was there and like ended up in like the infirmary for a few days. Ugh, it was, it was a mess. And like, honestly, like when I think back on like, okay, why did you get sick for those days? You know, like what happened? It was purely because I was like exhausted. Like my mom came to see me at graduation. Like her one comment was like, oh, you look you look really tired. Um, that was, that was one of like the first things she said to me when she saw me. And like the very first weekend we had like a Liberty, everybody was like, woo, freedom running, running the streets of San Antonio, Texas. And I was in my twin sized bed sleeping. Um, and I didn't want anybody to bother me. I was like, I will stay in this dorm. I can be in here for 12 hours, 24 hours, maybe straight. And I just want to sleep. And I slept for like 17 hours. I'm not kidding. Straight. Clearly, I had some sleep debt going on. And so I think it was at that point that at least if anything, I realized I really, really, really like to sleep. It's really important for me. And I operate better if I sleep. And I know a lot of clients that I talk to really could say the same thing. Like sleep, for for all of us, we know it really matters. But for some of us, it, it, it matters even more. And so then fast forward some more to 13 years ago. 
just a few days ago. My daughter just turned 13. Man, it's going quick. And my daughter was born. And I'll tell you, in the preparation leading up to her birth, I felt like I was doing all the right things. I was reading all the books that I thought I should on on baby child care. I had prepped the best nursery ever, or so I thought. You packed with you know, all of the cool modern things. I didn't want a a pink or purple theme. I didn't want to like stereotype her into liking those colors. Even though while I was pregnant, we did find out she was a girl. Um, I was like, we're going to go with like greens and yellows. And just because she's a girl, she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to have pink. And I was reading all of the pregnancy updates and like learning all the different fruits she was (laughs) resembling along the way. Uh, Blueberries, plums, pineapples. I was like, okay, awesome cool. I, I love, I love pineapples. I have a pineapple sized baby growing inside me. This is great. And so I felt like I was doing all the right things. We even took a class on, on birth. I was like, okay, the the birthing process is going to be serious. Like I'm going to have like a watermelon sized baby coming out of me. Like I need to know how to do that, what to do. So we took a class kind of learning what to expect, learning some breathing exercises, trying to figure out what what this would all look like. We even took a care on a, a, cl- a class on baby care, learning how to change diapers, how to burp baby, even give the baby a bath. Like I really felt like we were really getting ourselves prepared for this new little life that was going to come into our world. And when it came to reading books on sleep, I thought, I don't need to do that. I talked to my mom. I'm having a girl. My mom said, I was a great sleeper. I was a great baby, are her words. I really feel like there's some amnesia there, but whatever. Um, Her words were, I was a great baby. And I slept just like all babies should sleep. Everything was just great. Like I just, I did great. And so I thought, okay, we're having a girl. It's going to be great. I don't need to read any books. I had learned a little about the happiest baby. I really thought though, the happiest baby would be like, if she's fussy, I know how to like help her calm down. So I thought, we're, we're good. We got this. And so then our sweet little baby girl came. And I really should have known from the, the day that she was born that I was in for, in for some sleep deprivation. All of the nurses at the hospital after she was born repeatedly commented on how bright-eyed and alert she was. And quite frankly, that is like, the last thing you want to hear when you have a newborn baby. You want to, all, all you want to see is this sleeping bundle of joy that you get to hold while they sleep. And that was not what we had. What we had was a very alert, very stimulated baby that looked all around, totally absorbing her environment, very curious about what was around her, and very, very stimulated. And so we took this very curious wonder baby home and she didn't sleep and neither did I. And that was sort of my first look into parenting and not sleeping. And what I realized very quickly was that life was not enjoyable in any capacity on the lack of on on the amount of sleep that I was getting or the lack thereof sleep. I was miserable. And I didn't know how to help her. I didn't know how to help me. I remember 
sitting there in the middle of the night or even during the day crying along with her because nobody was sleeping. I have a a specific time memory. Um, I had to go back to work really quickly after our daughter was born. Um, just part of the part of the process on what I had to do. Um, and looking back, not necessarily ideal, but just was what it was. And so I had to go back to to work and was trying to breastfeed and you know make sure I had enough breast milk for her and trying to do all the things that I thought I needed to be doing to be a good mom. And and quite honestly, I was I was failing miserably. And so I was pulled over on the side of the road with an electric breast pump plugged into the, at the time, the, like the cigarette lighter, you know, that was like the old, before we had like USBs or anything cool, uh, plugged into that while I'm pumping on the side of the road um, in, in between appointments for my job. While I'm pumping, I'm like trying to respond to emails, getting ready for my next meeting. And I just felt incredibly emotional, broke down, started crying and thought, I am so, I'm failing at this miserably. Like this is really not enjoyable. This is not what I thought it was supposed to be. And I felt really guilty about that. And I didn't tell anybody that that was the way I felt. The real truth is I really wasn't even enjoying being a mother. And I would, I would go after work and pick up our daughter and I was exhausted. She wasn't sleeping at the, at the, at the daycare provider's house. And so every day I'd come home with this super tired baby on this particular day, my emotions were obviously already a a mess. And so I go and I pick her up from the daycare provider and she'd always give me this sheet of paper on like when, when our daughter, her name is Reagan. So when Reagan would, would, would nap, when Reagan would eat, uh, diaper changes, all that stuff. And, and the naps were bismal. It would be like, she slept for 20 minutes. She slept for 15 minutes. I couldn't get her to sleep today. I mean, it was pretty sad information. I was getting back on sleep. And at this point, I really didn't know a lot about sleep. So I didn't quite understand that those missed daily naps that were happening for Reagan were really making this all a lot bigger problem. And so on this particular sad day, Earlier in the day, I'm sitting in the car pumping. I don't even have tinted windows. <laughs> so, like, people can see me while I'm pumping in between. I'm not even in a parking lot because I didn't even have time and I knew I needed to pump right where I was. Traffic wasn't good. So, I was like literally pulled over to the side of the road. And so, I go and I pick her up. She's crying when I get there. So, Reagan's crying when I get there. And the um, my daycare provider is holding her. It was like an in-home daycare. She had like two, two or three other children. And I'm pretty sure she didn't have any more with her because of Reagan, honestly. Um, and so she's holding Reagan. She's crying and she just looks exhausted. And she's like, you know, hands her to me and is like, you know, she slept. She maybe slept an hour today. And at this point in time, Reagan's three months old. An hour, one hour. And, um, okay, I'm, I, you know, I realized that this was sort of common information I was getting from her. So I, I bring her home and she's pretty fussy, pretty irritable, the whole car ride home. I get her out of the car and she just starts bawling, crying. Um, and I sit down on our kitchen floor and I bawl and cry with her. And my husband comes home, you know, an hour or two later to, to find she and I both crying on the floor. 
And he picks her up from me and, you know, walks around and, and she starts to calm down. And he's like, what is going on? And at the moment, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I thought, well, maybe this is what postpartum looks like. Maybe this is what's happening to me. And, and or maybe I'm just having a bad day. Like, at no point did I think at that moment, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm not sleeping more than a couple of hours at a time. I'm definitely not getting eight hours of sleep like I truly need every night. And I'm just barely hanging on. At that point, it was, you know, she's not sleeping. I'm sick of I'm sick of doing the the breast pump thing. I'm not enjoying I'm not even enjoying breastfeeding my daughter because I'm so tired. I'm not enjoying this whole thing. Like this is this is a sham. This is not what it was supposed to be. And I remember even like saying that to my husband, like, People say this is supposed to be great. They've all been lying to us all this time. And I, I, I felt really low, really low. And so fast forward a few more months, we kind of plugged along like that. He definitely picked up the load where he could and helping me out. So I, you know, at the point, again, I, I didn't realize what I needed was some sleep, um, but he just knew I needed, he, I needed more help with her. And so he helped me out and, and, and he had a different job situation come up. And so Reagan at this time was six months old. And so we were going to be relocating to a new, a new town and, and, you know, and not knowing anybody, it was like, let's just, maybe I'll just take a little bit of time off. And we absolutely could not afford that. Um, it was going to make things very tight for us, but I just felt like maybe I'm going to like this mothering thing a little bit better if I have a little more time with her. And so we moved to this new location. We got all set up in this little townhouse we were living in. And, and, and I was, I was excited. I thought I never, I was never raised by a stay at home mom. I never thought I was going to be a stay at home mom, but if I'm going to be a stay at home mom, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it all in. I'm going to be good at this. And so we were, a couple of weeks into this new process of Reagan and I being home, dad going, my husband going off to, to work every day. And I was still miserable, miserable. I didn't, I felt like every day was groundhog day. I didn't enjoy anything I was doing. And I'm really just trying to be real with you here, be very vulnerable. It's really hard for me to even admit these things. It took me a really long time to even say them out loud to my husband. and. Every day was a lot the same. I never knew if she was going to nap. I never knew if I could get her down to nap. I never knew how long she would nap. I definitely did not know what would happen when the night came. When bedtime would roll around, my anxiety level would go from a six or a seven to like a 10 because I never knew what any night held. I never knew if I'd lay her down and she'd go to sleep. Or if we'd be up all night. I just, I never knew what was going to happen. And so a few, a few months of this went on. I'm staying home, pretending I'm doing okay. My husband's going to work. Reagan's really not sleeping. Maybe a little better than the situation when she was at daycare, but not significantly better. And one night she had a really tough night. And I, again, was a mess up with her upset, both of us crying on the floor. Husband finds us again, upset, both crying. And what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, we have got to figure out how to get her to sleep. 
By this point, she was like seven, almost eight months old. And I knew enough that she should be sleeping a little better than she was, but she wasn't. And I knew that we probably could do something to help her. I had heard, you know, I'd heard of like a, like a Ferber method that didn't really sound fabulous to me. Um, I'd heard of different things that I could, you know, maybe read, try to do to try to get her sleeping better. And so I said, there's got to be something out there that we can do. So, you know, as all good things happen, Googling at three o'clock in the morning, uh, I, I think that's maybe how half of my clients met me. Um, I started Googling, you know, help, what do I do? And, uh, you know, a lot of books popped up. This was back in 2006, seven, 2007. And so there was not, um, there were, there were not a lot of me out there, a lot of people like me. And so, uh, I found a, I found a book that I thought, okay, this looks like it's fairly detailed. Let's try it. Let's try this. Let's do it. And so my husband and I diligently read the book and, and tried all the tips and tricks and went to go do everything with the good bedtime routine, everything that the book had outlined. Okay, we're doing this, we're doing it. And so we went to do it and it was definitely better than what we were doing, which was kind of flying by the seat of our pants with absolute chaos as results. But it, it was Still, Reagan was crying quite a bit. The sleep was just a little better, not significantly better. Um, and so I knew that there had to be something else out there. I knew that there had to be something else. And I kept saying, I need someone. I need someone to talk to. I need someone to tell me. I need so- someone I can say, Reagan's doing this. What should I do? Reagan is Reagan is not napping like you say she should, book. What should I do? I needed a human. I needed a person, somebody to tell me what to do so I could help Reagan. And so finally I found someone. I found someone to help me. And I remember the day that I found someone to help a physical human being that I could talk to, to help me through this process. And I remember bawling crying when I was, when I got off the phone with her. And I'll tell you something that happens quite frank, frequently with, with families that I work with when I am in, when we, that all of us work with, when we're in that initial discovery call, there's a lot of tears and I get it, man. I get it. When you are not sleeping, life is pretty bleak. And, and I know because I was right there. And so when we finally found somebody to help us, it was like, this whole just ray of sunshine just came up up over me. I mean, I was feeling so down. I told my husband, that's it. We're not having any more kids. This is it. Hope you're happy. We are a one kid family. I am done. That's it. And all the while I kept thinking, you know, I'm just, I'm maybe I'm not good at this mothering thing. I just, things are not falling into place for me like they should. This doesn't feel like I thought it would. And so, um, what I realized after I finally got somebody to help me and Reagan started sleeping is that I needed some sleep and everything became pretty awful for me when I wasn't sleeping and months and months of sleep deprivation really took a toll on me. And as I say to many of my clients, I had like a delayed postpartum really I just, I was, I was plugging along and doing okay. And then I hit a wall and it was like, it smacked me hard right in the face. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is, I can't 
do this. And once I started sleeping better, and most importantly, once I saw Reagan sleeping better, it was like this light bulb went off in my head. Holy cow, you can actually teach your baby how to sleep better. You can actually teach your baby how to sleep well. Like this is a thing. Like you can do this. And it was the first time in my life that I'd actually ever known that was the case because up until that point, even the doctors, when I would go in and I would be like, they'd, you know, ask about the health and how she doing, blah, blah, blah. All those boxes were checked off. But when it would get to sleep, I'd be like, yeah, she doesn't really sleep very much. And they'd be like, oh, well, yeah, sometimes that happens. It'll get better. It'll get better. Um, and at like no point were they like, Hey, how you doing? And I mean, and physically I didn't, I didn't show any signs. So to, to not hurt them, I didn't show any signs something was going on. And again, this was back in 2006, seven. And I feel like sleep as a science and research and information about it is just, it's amazing. It's, I mean, light years ahead of where it was back then. And so I just don't think it was really on their radar. And, and what I realized once Reagan slept is I had, I had this whole new world. I had this whole new baby and, and like I'd lay her down and she'd say goodnight to me and she'd drift off to sleep and, and take a lovely one, two hour nap and wake up happy. And we'd carry on with our day and, and she'd take another nap and, and wake up happy. And then bedtime would come around and we'd go through this lovely bedtime routine and, and she'd go down and she'd sleep. And she'd sleep till morning. And that meant I got to sleep. And I got to sleep until morning. And all of a sudden, life became manageable. And so that is really when it became very apparent to me that everyone in the world has to, if they, if they have a, ch- a baby or a child that is not sleeping well, They've got to help them. They've got to give them the gift of sleep. As I've always said, the best gift you can give your child is the gift of healthy sleep. And that was when that became that became my passion and my drive. And and I remember after we got Reagan sleeping and 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 we started moving through this, I said to my husband, I have to tell the world. I have to tell everybody. Every anybody out there who will listen to me, if they have a child that won't sleep, I know where they can get help. I know where they can find help. And so a few years go by and we decide to have another child. And I will tell you, I tell my clients all the time, my children are almost four years apart. And the reason that they are almost four years apart is because I was afraid to have another baby. I was afraid to not sleep. I'm being completely honest. It was all about the fact that I was terrified to not sleep. I never wanted to go back to that place again. I never wanted to be sleep deprived because to me, that was just a dark, bismal hole, black hole that had like nothing. It was just nothingness. And so I, I would, that's why our children are as far apart as they are. And finally, when it came time to, Hey, let's, let's, let's think about having another child. I remember saying to my husband, I can't go through that sleep thing again. Like I can't, I can't do that. And he was like, oh, it'll be different. It'll be different. I promise. And so our second one came along, little boy named Donovan. And 
And thankfully, from the beginning, he was easier. Now, I can't say he was a quote-unquote easy sleeper, but he was definitely easier. I also like to think we kind of knew a little more about what we were doing, too. And so I had tools, and I thought, I know what to do. I had somebody teach me how I'm going to teach this little guy when he's ready how to sleep well. And please know, by no means am I saying like, you know, you have a brand newborn baby, they're sleeping through the night. Like I, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, there are, there, there is a few months of the child baby's life that you need to get up. Like it's going to happen and it's inevitable. Um, and I have lots of tips and tricks on what I recommend to newborn parents on how they can get through that so that they don't get sleep deprived, but they can still meet baby's needs. Anyway, when Donovan was old enough, we taught him how to sleep and, and he fell into the pattern love brilliantly. And my whole experience with him was completely different because I made sure to protect myself because I knew that I couldn't go through another sleep months and months of sleep deprivation. I knew I couldn't do that. And so we, we set up a good system when he was younger so that we could, you know, get him sleeping. And then we, we set up, you know, a, um, we set something up so that we knew that this would work. And so it's, it was the, it was the best thing that we, that we ever did. And we had a great sleeper with him. And that was when it became my passion. And that was when it became, this is what I want to do for people. And I got the opportunity to, I got the opportunity about a year later after our son was born to train and do this. And that was how this started. That was how this became my life. And I, this is probably going to be like a two-point tar- part segment. I'm going to finish it up in the next one, talking a little bit more about kind of how things have carried from there. But I, I just want to share my my story. I, I think it's always so important to know anything. I always tell my clients this, like I've been in your shoes. So I'm ex- 